What's going on, everybody? Hardest part of the ring. Back again with another apron bump. And boy, howdy. We got a doozy this week. Progress Wrestling. Now, you might be asking yourself, hardest part of the ring. You're already watching WWE, AEW, old WWF, old ROH, old TNA. Why the fuck are you adding another wrestling promotion to follow? Well, it's because I hate myself. <laughs> um, no. Progress Wrestling is a company that I've always wanted to follow. Not always, but for a long time. For a long time, I have wanted to follow. And I think now is as good a time as ever to dive in. What with, you know, no crowds in live wrestling today and all that stuff. It's kind of a weird time, so it's kind of a good time to go back and watch stuff that you hadn't watched when it was actually occurring, and progress is one of those things. Um, but when it comes to progress, see, I'm on the same boat as a lot of you guys, right? If you're listening to this, there's a good chance you probably have never seen progress. Maybe a few matches here and there, like I have, but really you haven't followed, you know, chronologically from beginning to where they're at now, you know, following the storylines and all that, understanding the characters involved and whatnot. But basically what really drew me to progress is that it seemed like a true alternative. You know, there's a lot of companies out there that like to paint themselves as, as an alternative, but the product that they produce isn't really alternative. They might have different characters, different colors here and there, but all in all, it's the same stuff, right? Progress is different. And you can tell that right away when you start watching it. They have such a unique presentation, much different than what you would see generally from global mainstream promotions. It's very intimate. It's very, um, it, fe it feels underground, which I love. It kind of reminds me of, you know, watching Ring of Honor in the early days. Because I remember I was in high school when I was watching Ring of Honor like pretty consistently. This is probably like 2006, 2007. And, you know, I would get the get their shows on my computer. And then, I mean, I would like lay in bed and watch it on my little computer monitor. But it's just uh, that, that if it felt it felt like uh, I said underground already. I guess it felt underground. It felt underground. It felt secret. It's like when you have a band that you like that nobody knows about. You enjoy them a little bit more than when they become mainstream, right? That's kind of how Ring of Honor felt when I was watching it. And that's kind of how progress still feels to me. And I say that as an American, right? I'm sure over in the UK, progress is probably a much bigger deal in the mainstream over there. But here, just a guy in Virginia, there's not a lot of people around me watching progress, right? So, like I said, it feels like a true alternative. And honestly, you know, I just miss NXT UK. I mean, it's been off the air with all this COVID stuff for a couple months now. And who knows when it's going to come back. I just love the style. I love their their presentation is is unique. The British strong style of wrestling is just a unique thing, and it's something that I personally am drawn to. From NXT UK now into Progress, over the top wrestling. There's a ton of promotions over there that I want to get into eventually, but Progress is probably one of the biggest ones over there, and it's kind of the one that I wanted to start at as far as watching these true modern alternatives. And also, man. Sometimes it's just nice to get away from all the bullshit that's going on today in wrestling, you know. I can, yeah, sure, I can sit down and enjoy NXT. I can sit down and enjoy AEW. I can enjoy the WWE pay-per-views and stuff. But then, you know, you watch the show and then you turn it off and then you get on social media and it's like, oh, this this was garbage. Oh, I, I, I want, I, why isn't this guy being pushed? He should be pushed. Oh, this guy has a bit on... Has it been on TV in a couple of weeks? Why is that? Oh, it's because of Paul Heyman. It's because of Vince McMahon is uh, burying them. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, NXT did this many viewers. AEW did this many viewers. But uh, oh, the key demos. Oh, oh this stupid uh, Vince McMahon's a uh, rapist. Uh, Tony Khan's a dork. What? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's just, it's exhausting. Exhausting. You know, there's a lot you could enjoy today in wrestling, but sometimes it's good to kind of watch something that not a lot of people are focusing on right now. And just have something to enjoy for yourself, right? Recently, I've been posting on Instagram a lot about, you know, just, just watch a random awesome match every now and again, you know? Watch something that doesn't have any real bearing on what's going on in today's wrestling landscape. And just watch it just to enjoy it. You need to do that sometimes. 
Because I know I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm guilty of it. I fall into, you know, getting mad about people talking about ratings or getting mad about whoever, whatever the fuck. People not getting pushed that they should. I, I understand. I fall into that too. But sometimes you just have to reel, reel yourself back in and remember why you watch this shit. And it's because it's fucking fun. Wrestling rules, dude. And this progress is going to give me an opportunity to have something that I can just watch as a fan. I'm not concerned about fucking, you know, who, what, what, what guys getting pushed, what guy, what guys getting buried, um, what the, what the backstage goings ons are, uh, what the ratings are. Oh, how do they do? How, how do their ratings compare to the? No, there's none of that. Get away from all the stupid fucking fans on Twitter. You know, get away from this whole Corona atmosphere that we got going on right now, and just watch something that isn't trying to be WWE. Like I said, they're a true alternative. They're they're trying to represent something different in wrestling, and I love that. Although they do take shots at WWE a lot in the show, or the commentator does, I guess. It's all lighthearted, whatever the fuck. You know, there's a guy that has a has t- has tights. One leg is long and one leg is short, and the crowd is chanting "shit, Zack Ryder" at him. Just little stuff like that. It's fun. It's fun. But what can you expect from this episode? Well. I will say this. I watched... So, Progress Wrestling, if you're not aware, they're broken up into chapters, which are basically, you know, episodes, right? They're like in the hundreds now. I'm, I'm not sure what, where exactly they are, but they're, they're out there. They've been going on for a while. 2012 is, is where they started. And I watched the first four chapters. Now, you got to understand, these chapters are kind of like a couple months in between each other. So, this literally covers the entire year of 2012 for this company. And the reason I wanted to watch like a good amount of because these chapters are like at least two hours long. It's a lot. It's a lot. So I'm not going to go into every single match and every single every single thing that went on, every single headlock or whatever the fuck. You know, I'm not going to. If I do that, it's going to bore you. <laughs> this shit's going to drag on way too long. Honestly, most of you listening, like I mentioned earlier, haven't watched Progress Wrestling, so you probably don't know a lot of these characters or you know the context of what they're doing. So I wanted to watch the first four chapters to kind of see how the atmosphere progressed, you know, because they have, you know, growing pains here and there. They got things they figured out, production quality, um, you know, whatever storylines they got going on. So I, I wanted to give it uh, some time for, for storylines and characters to kind of flesh out and kind of just see, you know, what the vibe was, kind of see if I want if I even enjoyed progress. And I can say for a fact, after watching the first four chapters Progress is fucking awesome. And I know just from other people talking about it online, I know that it only gets way better than these chapters. But that being said, there's a lot of good wrestling, a lot of good stuff in these four chapters of Progress Wrestling. And my goal here with this episode in particular is to, one, either entertain the long-term fans of Progress Wrestling by listening to... A stupid American who knows nothing about it, or to inform new fans, fans that haven't watched Progress and maybe have been looking to get into it, to you know give a general overview of the uh, the atmosphere, the vibe, and certain matches that you might want to watch and see if you enjoy that kind of style, right? So this episode, basically, what I plan to do, like I said, I watched the first four chapters. I'm not going to go through every single match of every chapter. I will do that for the first chapter just because it's an easy narrative to follow. It's basically like a tournament style uh, episode. Um, Episodes or chapters two through four, I'll basically uh, go over some of the storylines that they're setting up, the foundations of the characters and all the the feuds and stories that they're building. And then at the end, I'll give you a few matches that are fucking awesome. Some standout matches from some standout guys. Some some I knew, some I didn't know. But if you just want to like watch a few matches like in a vacuum, if you just want to watch a good fucking wrestling, I will give you that towards the end of this episode. As well as some stories to look out for. That's what this episode's designed to be. It's kind of a general overview. And, you know, you might be listening to me and be like, man, I got to check that shit out. Because hardest part of the ring told me so, so... That's kind of what this episode is designed to do. And I plan to keep going through these progress. You know, in future episodes of progress, I'll probably just do like one or two chapters and then then do more of a traditional review of those shows. But this one's designed to be a general overview. 
Um, so with that, might as well just dive right into it, right? So in March of 2012 is basically where this starts. It's basically where progress starts, right? You know, the UK wrestling is a lot of like, you know, one-off shows here and there. It's a lot of like family-friendly stuff. It's a lot of, you know, you know, wrestlers kind of just hop over to one country or the other, you know, just from the brief, brief research I've done, right? So there was a real, there was a strong demand for like a, a, a cool wrestling promotion, right? Like a, a wrestling promotion for the 18 to 50 male demo, that kind of promotion, right? Kind of akin to like a Ring of Honor or I don't want to say ECW because it's not nearly the same, but that, that kind of like underground intimate feel of a wrestling promotion. There was a high demand for that in 2012. Plus, you know, just general fatigue from WWE. And, you know, at the time, there's really no viable alternatives other than like fucking TNA. But, you know, I don't need to explain to you why that's not an alternative. So that kind of this, this demand led to this guy named Jim Smallman. Jim Smallman, who is a stand-up comedian, and uh, I guess his agent, John Br- Brilly. I could be butchering these names. I am so sorry, everybody. Basically, these two guys, Jim, Jim Smallman basically started his own wrestling promotion. You know, it doesn't have the production of AEW, right? It, you know, they just don't have the capital or the name identity to have a huge, you know, not arenas or whatever the fuck, right? You know, it's, it's, it's in this venue called The Garage, which is located in Islington, which I guess is a part of London. Like I said, everybody, I am a stupid American. I don't know geography. But from my understanding, this promotion is London-based. And the garage is a very, you know, it's a smaller venue, but they do a good job at making it feel kind of big, right? It's a good-looking venue. It has, a, like, a, this dome-style venue that holds, I think it was, like, three or 400 people, um, even though they're all fucking standing on top of each other but it's it's it creates a great atmosphere because you have a lot of people in there it's really packed in there but it still has this intimate feel so and i just gotta say that man the crowd makes these shows especially in this first chapter the crowd's energy was fucking on fire from the first match until the last match awesome awesome crowd although like man i could have a whole episode just dedicated to hilarious chants that they did <laughs> in these chapters. I I started making note of a few of them, but I was like, okay, this they're just gonna be doing this the whole fucking time, so I'm not gonna bother <laughs> doing that. But just another incentive to go watch these shows, man. The crowd is fucking hilarious. They do at, at certain points. It's like, okay, guys, let them let the people wrestle in the ring. But I think that kind of fades off. As the chapters kind of progress, it becomes less heckly, um, but the energy remains. And that's what's important. And that's what made a lot of these shows so great is the crowd. So that in itself was awesome. But yes, March of 2012 is basically when Jim Smallman started this company and is when they had the first ever progress event. So going into this, I'm like, man, how many people am I going to know? Am I just going to be fucking in the dark in terms of who these people are but you know you, you want you start watching the first chapter and you realize man i know a lot of these people especially if you've watched nxt uk you got, you got guys like mark andrews wild boar noam dar Legero, guys that those are like even a lot of guys that like haven't had that much shine in nxt uk they've kind of come and gone and had a little successes here and there but all in all as far as like singles Success. They haven't really seen that a lot in NXT UK, but it's interesting to see where they kind of began their journey. And it's really, really crazy to think, you know, you're watching these guys in the smallest venue and just a few years later, they're wrestling in the world's biggest wrestling promotion for NXT UK. So really interesting to see that, how many familiar faces I saw. And outside of WWE, you see guys like Will Ospreay, Marty Skrull, Zack Sabre Jr., guys like that that we've seen, you know, in Japan, various other wrestling promotions in the UK and America. Um, you know, Zack Sabre Jr., obviously, 
was in the first cruiserweight classic for WWE. Will Ospreay's gone on to become one of the best wrestlers in the world, wrestling for New Japan. Marty Skrull is one of the biggest characters that there is outside of WWE, you know, working for ROH and NWA and things like that. So it's really, it's, it's actually very hilarious to see like their early iterations of their characters and how, you know, some things might be similar, but some things are just such a departure from where they are now. And that in itself is a reason to watch these shows just to see their journey and how they kind of figure themselves out in real time um, as far as their wrestling styles and as far as their characters go. And, you know, I know other guys are going to pop up in later chapters. I know, you know, Pete Dunne, Walter, Mustache Mountain, like those type of guys. I think even Matt Riddle is there. Am I wrong? Um, yeah, a lot of guys are going to pop up that we now see in WWE, which is, uh, I mean, it's awesome. Some of the best wrestlers they have right now in WWE and even in some in the AEW. A lot of those guys started in progress and you can tell even back then, awesome, awesome workers and some awesome matches were able to happen. And a lot of those happened in the first four chapters. But yeah, man, I mean, my knowledge, I also want to make this perfectly clear. I know some guys that pop in here and there as progress kind of progress progress progresses as the shows kind of go on as progress moves on into the future but my knowledge of like the milestones and the champions and all the storylines of progress is pretty limited and i'm going to try to keep it that way because like i said this this is designed to be kind of my escape from the modern day wrestling kind of atmosphere for, for a lack of a better term it's just designed to have fun and Progress is a fucking fun company to watch. And I can tell that just from the four chapters. And like I said, I wanted to watch a, a good amount of chapters just to see how they kind of figured themselves out. Um, like I said, the crowd is a huge crowd participation is a huge part of these shows. A lot of comedy, a lot of funny heckles, you know, a lot of you know, wrestlers just talking shit to the crowd and to their opponents. There's a lot of comedy involved. Uh, but there's also, you know, hard-hitting British strong-style wrestling. So I kind of wanted to see how that dynamic kind of unfolded. You know, is it going to become more comedy and less wrestling? Is it going to become more wrestling, less comedy? Or is that dynamic going to kind of more seamlessly work together? And you can kind of see that working its way through these chapters. You know, one, two, three, four. As it, as it goes on, it becomes less tongue-in-cheek and a little more serious. But there's still... Um, a lot of comedy involved, so... But, you know, wrestling's designed to be fun. So I ain't gonna hate on it, you know what I mean? I'm not one of these guys like, oh, I need my serious wrestling. No. We can have fun. We can have fun. Night one. I've babbled enough about the backstory and all that. Night one. So the first show, the basic premise of the first show is we're gonna crown the first ever progress champion. And the way that they determine this champion is through four singles matches. So there's going to be four singles matches and the winner of each match is going to move on to a fatal four way, which is the main event of this show. And the winner of that fatal four way will be the first ever progress wrestling champion. Now you might be asking to yourself, what does their belt look like? And my response to you would be, Hey, there is no belt. It's a staff. A staff. <clears throat> Anyways. Um, <laughs> yeah. So they don't have a championship belt. They have a staff. Which the crowd uh, likes to chant Nazi staff at it. So I don't know if they keep the staff. Or if they eventually move on to a title belt. I literally don't know. Um, but I guess it's just a fucking prop. So who, who cares, right? It's just the symbolism. Um, what really matters is who's the champion. And who has that, you know title like the the name identity of being the champion so very interesting <laughs> but like i said it's alternative it's different and that's ultimately what drew me to this company so ain't hating it ain't hating it um but yeah this first show just overall was pretty good um it definitely had some like the production was a little wonky i mean um they had one one hard cam looking at the ring but like in, in in between the camera and the ring, there's like com like computer monitors, I guess that control the audio or the lighting or whatever it may be. But you're you're looking at these computer screens the whole show, like underneath the ring, kind of. Um, 
which is a little weird. They figure that out in the later chapters, and that, but um, very strange. The quality, the quality of the cameras wasn't that great either, um, especially once because they had one hard cam and then they had one mobile camera, and the mobile camera was fucking you couldn't see goddamn thing. There was like fucking four pixels in that thing. It was awful, but that only came into play when people started <laughs> wrestling in the crowd, and unfortunately, there was a lot of that in the main event, but. We'll get to that when we get to it, but the production, you know, they, like I said, kind of figuring stuff out as they go, and there wasn't that much storyline set up in the first chapter, but, you know, it's a basically, you know, it's a tournament-style type show, right? It's an easy narrative to watch. You don't need much more than that. Ultimately, you're just trying to get these guys out there, get some name identity to these guys, let the crowd associate names and what their personalities are like, and who, and, you know, yeah, you might have just, you know, Typical face heel type matchups, but there was a lot of good matches on these shows, and we'll get into it here. So, night one, like I said, four singles matches leading up to a fatal four way. First match, Ligero versus Noam Dar. Man, this is the most NXT UK matchup I could have picked. Pretty fun opening match. It uh, it's, it does a good job at setting the tone of this company. The crowds, you know, getting on Noam Dar for being Scottish. I guess they don't like the Scots there in London, but um, <laughs> um, yeah, man. Noam Dar is a cocky, shitty heel. Laguero's the fun baby face, the fun quote-unquote Mexican. Two future WWE stars going at it here to open the show. Uh, Laguero eventually gets the win with a springboard DDT and moves on to the main event. After that, you have Nathan Cruz versus Colossus Kennedy. Uh, Nathan Cruz seems like he has a lot of potential. I've never heard of this guy before, um, but he seems very uh, capable in the ring. He reminds me of Dolph Ziggler and just, just the way he moves and the way he bumps. He has a lot of Dolph Ziggler in him, um, which, you know, <laughs> depending on who you're asking, could be good or bad, but definitely seems very capable in the ring. Colossus Kennedy is just a fucking generic big guy. I got, he seemed like kind of an older guy. He was kind of clumsy and whatever the fuck. It was fine, but uh, he didn't pop up in the later chapters, so I don't know if this is a one-off for him or whatever the case may be, but uh, it was an okay match. Cruz definitely carried this match to make make it as quality as it could have been. Um, Nathan Cruz, I mentioned earlier the guy. Nathan Cruz is the guy that was wearing the Zack Ryder tights, the, the one-legged tights <laughs> so the crowd was fucking getting on him for that um it doesn't help that he was billed from beverly hills california so it really kind of played into that gimmick as well so he was getting a lot of shit zach Ryder chance during this show all's well that ends well because he ends up getting the win here with like a running uh just like a drop kick like a one-legged drop kick onto colossus kennedy gets the win here almost like like a claymore from the side i guess so nathan cruz gets the win moves on to the fatal four-way after that, we have Mike Mason versus Colt Cabana. Man, you know a company has a, a certain amount of success when you got Colt Cabana on the show. Because even at this point, he was like the king of the indies. And Mike Mason was a last-minute replacement for RJ Singh, who got injured before the show. Um, but yeah, this match was... <laughs> this is a silly fucking match. So Mike Mason, if you're not aware... He, he had this gimmick. It was almost like Rick Steiner gimmick, but just taken to a whole new level. He was he was like a rabid dog. Yeah, a rabid dog. He had a leash. <laughs> he, had a, he had this ma- valet manager lady. Uh, what's her name? Becky James, who had him on a leash. And then when the bell rings, you know, he she unleashes him. <laughs> and Cole Cabana, I don't know where this came from, but he had a tennis ball. And he's like throwing the tennis ball all over the ring and Mike Mason is fucking running on the floor like a dog chasing this tennis chasing this tennis ball silly shit um yeah Colt gets the ball he throws it up in the air and when the ball's in the air he just slaps the shit out of Mike Mason <laughs> he like he, he takes the tennis ball and he sticks it in the ref's pants and then Mike's you know trying to chew his genitals or whatever stupid stupid stuff but it was what it was. Uh, Mike Mason actually ends up winning this match um, when the ref is distracted by Becky James and he hits Colt Cabana with the dog leash. By God, the dog leash. 
Um, <laughs> so surprising win here. I didn't expect that. But Mike Mason gets the win over Cole Cabana and moves on to the main event. This match up next, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Marty Skrull. Match of the fucking night easily. Probably match of these four chapters, honestly, that I watched. And I should mention that this is not Zack Sabre Jr. versus the villain. This is Zack Sabre Jr. versus Party Marty Skrull. <laughs> Yikes. Um, but yeah, these guys, Zack and Marty, are a part of a tag team called the Leaders of the New School. I think they still even team together every now and then today, no? But these guys were a tag team, so obviously they knew a lot about each other. You know, each guy, you know, in this match, they had an answer for everything. Um, no one really took control of the match going on. A lot of mat wrestling. But I like that. You know, they, they, had different, they had different styles, but they were able to kind of equalize each other, right? So it was kind of a stalemate. Um, and that was a big theme of the match. A lot of good stuff here, man. Uh, great counter wrestling, great striking, great submissions. Definitely, if you're going to watch one match from progress, at least in these first four chapters, watch Zack Sabre Jr. versus Marty Skrull from night one. Awesome, awesome stuff. Um, and ultimately, the finish of the match comes when, you know, they're countering roll-ups, when they're countering and exchanging sunset sunset flips and roll-ups, and Marty just happens to get the better of Zack and is able to keep him down for a three count. So Marty wins this match and moves on to the main event. Like I said, awesome, awesome match. A lot of the, the, the first three matches, it was, it was like the crowd was a big part of it. They were heckling all the wrestlers, and the wrestlers were giving it back, and there was a lot of comedy and silliness involved. But this was the match that really sparked at least my interest because it showed what this company was capable of producing and what the wrestlers involved in progress were able to do. And I think more of that, more of this style of match will happen in the future, which is why I am so excited to keep watching these chapters of progress. So awesome stuff from Zach and Marty. Uh, like I said, Marty wins and moves on as the final member of the Fatal 4-Way in the main event. So, But before the main event, we have a BWC Scarlos Scholarship Championship match. So this title is uh, its not really connected to any particular promotion in the UK. It's basically a title that's taken to a bunch of different promotions in the UK, and it's established by the British Wrestling Council Scholarship. This title is competed against by graduates of British Wrestling Council accredited schools. So that kind of stuff, <laughs> I don't know a lot about the British Wrestling Council or anything like that. But basically, this title is for up-and-coming wrestlers, new wrestlers that um, have some credibility to them. The B BWC Scarlo Scholarship Championship is a title that I think is pretty much defended on all these shows. And it's kind of designed to get new faces kind of designed to get some of these guys some exposure that might not have had it at this point. Um, and you can see that here in this match in night one. It is Daryl Allen versus Zach Gibson versus the champion Xander Cooper. Now, you might know the name Zach Gibson from NXT UK. Uh, the first ever NXT UK tag team champion. He won the second tournament that NXT UK did. So, Zach Gibson is a huge name in NXT UK, and it is astonishing to see where he started. Dude has hair, not just hair, but long hair. He's super lanky, um, but still has that hateable mug. <laughs> still wrestles in a similar way. He's a little bit more um, catch-as-catch-can, a little more high-flying um, than he is now. But, um, man, what a blast from the past, huh? Zach, because you, you see Zach Gibson now, he's this bald dude with a goatee, and it's literally the same face, but with long hair. It almost looks like a wig at this point. But um, the match itself, pretty damn good match. You know, nobody really, this, this belt, nobody cared about it too much, but everybody still appreciated the, uh, the premise of it and the backstory of it, and appreciated that these guys were young guys 
that were getting a chance to shine on a pretty big stage. Because like I said, Progress is this really the first major wrestling company in London and in the UK. So at least on, on at this level, right? So good match here. Xander Cooper ends up retaining. Uh, Xander Cooper is one of the guys that, that stood out to me. As far as guys that I didn't know before the show, Xander Cooper had a lot of poise and uh, kind of felt like a star in this, in this match. And he felt like a champion. So good stuff here. Xander Cooper gets the win. But that leads us to the main event. The Progress Championship is on the line. The first ever champion will be decided in a fatal four-way. It is El Ligero versus Nathan Cruz versus Mike Mason versus Marty Skrull. Man. So this match, so I mentioned before about the, the production quality, right? And I mentioned how there is one hard cam on the ring and then one mobile cam. So this match immediately breaks down and people are fighting all over the, the arena. And if you're watching the show on DVD or on their website, you don't see a goddamn thing that's happening. <laughs> it's like, because they're, they're all fighting in the crowd, but there's only one camera that can go follow these guys. And that one camera is just not that great of quality. And you can, it's very blurry and pixely. You can barely, barely make out anything that's happening. The lighting's not that great, but it is what it is. It's a fatal four-way. It's going to be a clusterfuck. <laughs> but at one point, the camera does catch Nathan Cruz and Legero fighting in the women's restroom. I think Legero's like sticking Nathan Cruz's head in the toilet or something. Good, good wrestling there. Um, <laughs> but, but them fighting in the bathroom lets us focus on the ring where... Mike Mason and Marty Skrull are going at it. Finally, some <laughs> some action we can follow. So Mike Mason and Marty Skrull wrestle for a little bit in the ring. Ligero and Nathan Cruz eventually make their way back to ringside and into the ring, which leads us to the first two eliminations. They happen like right after each other. The first one is when Nathan Cruz does his sliding drop kick onto Ligero. For the pin, Ligero is the first eliminated. Um, but then right after that, as as Ligero is leaving the ring, he like trips up Mike Mason. I'm not sure why, but I guess because fuck Mike Mason, right? Ligero trips up Mike Mason, who is rolled up by Marty Skrull. Marty Skrull pins Mike Mason, and now we are left with two. It is Marty Skrull versus Nathan Cruz. The winner, it becomes the first progress champion. So they actually wrestle for... I don't know, a good 10 minutes after that. They have a pretty decent match just themselves. Um, but then ultimately, Nathan Cruz is able to pull it off. Again, hits that that sliding drop kick onto a prone Marty Skrull. One, two, three. Nathan Cruz is your first progress champion. I was surprised because I, I know even at this point, Marty Skrull was like far and above anybody else, right? As far as like portraying himself as a star as far as having a lot of poise in the ring as far as having a good character even though he was fucking party marty Skrull, he had a lot of confidence out there and he seemed like the biggest star of the match and i was really surprised that he didn't end up winning this match here um but yeah man nathan cruz like i said nathan cruz showed a lot of promise i didn't know of him before watching these shows but he seemed like a guy that stood out from the pack as well while everybody else was kind of like tongue-in-cheek with the crowd and all that and kind of making a joke of the whole thing nathan cruz stayed serious he stayed in the moment and um he walks out of the first chapter your first progress champion so good stuff there pretty solid match um a little clustery in the beginning but made its way into a cohesive story at the end of it so nathan cruz gets the staff holds the staff high in the air your first champion congratulations nathan cruz but overall Night one was a solid, solid show. Clear stakes, easy, simple narrative to follow, and a lot of good wrestling on this show. Um, and the kind of an introduction to the crowd and uh, the part they play in the show, oftentimes very hilarious, um, can go a little overboard sometimes, but all in all, fun, fun atmosphere, and really set the foundation for the shows to come. Now, I mentioned before, you know, I'm not going to go through every single match in these four chapters, but I will kind of go over the notable 
storylines that are being set up in nights two through four, as well as suggest to you guys some standout matches that I saw in these shows. And there were a good amount of show, a good amount of matches that I would highly, highly suggest you go watch. I figure since we just crowned the first progress champion, I might as well go into the kind of title feud for this championship here. Um, so Nathan Cruz wins it, right? But uh, Marty Skrull is none too pleased. So, and you know, Nathan Cruz had a couple shady tactics in winning the in winning the title. So Marty Skrull basically challenges him to a rematch at night two, to which Nathan Cruz accepts. And this match is a two out of three falls match for the title. Now, pretty good match here. Um, you know, Marty gets a pinfall. Nathan Cruz gets a pinfall, so they're tied up at 1-1, right? But then, towards the end of the match, Nathan Cruz gets frustrated. He goes out to the crowd, grabs a steel chair, gets in the ring. But never fear, Leguero is here. Leguero runs in, grabs the chair from Cruz. Cruz is none too pleased and spits in the face of Leguero. So Leguero naturally responds with a super kick. However... Nathan Cruz ducks and Leguero ends up super kicking Marty Skrull, which allows Nathan Cruz to get the final pinfall on Marty, retains his title due to the interference of Leguero. So now you have this title pitcher that consists of the champion Nathan Cruz, Marty Skrull, who has been screwed out of the title twice now, and now Leguero, who has played a big part in the finish of the match. And then in chapter three, the main event is a tag team match. You have El Ligero and Nathan Cruz versus the team of Greg Burridge and Dave Mastiff. Another familiar face here. And the special guest referee of this match is Marty Skrull. So lots of shenanigans obviously at play here. The end of that match comes when Nathan Cruz has Greg Burridge on the, on the mat, hits his finisher, He's pinning him, but Marty Skrull ain't counting because fuck you, Nathan Cruz, right? So Nathan gets, obviously he's pissed off. He gets in Marty Skrull's face. They get into a little scuffle. El Ligero gets pissed off. Him and Nathan Cruz start jabbing at each other. Ligero ends up super kicking Nathan Cruz and basically setting up the night four main event, which is El Ligero versus Nathan Cruz. For the Progress Championship and decent match, really good match. Ultimately, surprisingly, Leguero just ends up getting the win here and becomes the new Progress Champion, which is interesting because, you know, they kind of set up Leguero as a babyface in night one, right? Then in night two, he super kicks Marty Skrull and there's kind of like, oh, did he do it on purpose? Did he, did he not do it on purpose? He's kind of like, is Leguero heel? And that kind of leads us into night three where Leguero is almost seems like a heel until he attacks Nathan Cruz and then he's babyface again. And then he just goes into night four and takes a title off Nathan Cruz. I would have thought Cruz would have had a few more title defenses before he lost it, especially as the first champion. To me, I think it, it'd be important to like establish prestige for that title since it's a, it's a newly crafted staff of a title. <laughs> um, but whatever the case may be, man, Leguero... Walks out of night four of the champion. So who knows what will happen after that. I'm sure Nathan Cruz will stand the pitcher as well as Marty Skrull. Uh, Dave Mastiff has had a few big wins in the, in the shows that he's been on. So pretty full title pitcher there and a lot of different ways they can go. So I look forward to seeing what happens with that. So that's the title pitcher now where I'm at. And the other big storyline going on is Jimmy Havoc. So... At this point in his career, Jimmy Havoc was pretty much just a deathmatch wrestler, right? But Jimmy Havoc really wants to be a part of progress wrestling. So Havoc runs this whole online campaign on social media trying to get himself booked on progress. Now the idea, like I said, Havoc is known as this deathmatch wrestler, this hardcore wrestler, lots of weapons and staple guns and fire and aids and whatever, whatever the case may be. That's who Jimmy Havoc is, and that's what he's known for. And that kind of is the antithesis of what progress is all about, right? Because progress is about 
As a company, they're about strong style. They're about pure, technical, high-flying, mat-based wrestling, right? Not just beating the shit out of your opponent. Not just maiming your opponent with thumbtacks and glass and barbed wire. It's about the technical aspect of it. It's about the pure wrestling. That's what their ethos is and that's what they want to maintain. So Jimmy Havoc coming in, that kind of throws a monkey wrench into the whole thing. And really, they're questioning whether Jimmy Havoc fits into the company or not. But Havoc is looking to prove that he belongs. He wants to be on that big stage and he is looking to prove that he's not just a hardcore wrestler, but that he can hang with this style that progress seeks to have. So his first match is against his trainer, Danny Garnell, and this is in night two. Just a normal singles match. Jimmy Havoc's looking to prove that he can actually wrestle, right? So they have a pretty good match, but whenever Jimmy Havoc gets frustrated, he like goes out to the ring, grabs a chair or whatever, but then he, he, calms, himself, he calms himself down, he wants to prove that he can wrestle, so he kind of abandons what he what brought him to the dance, right? And that actually leads him to losing in his first match on night two. But the crowd is thoroughly behind him, uh, both there physically and on social media, and they're able to get him booked on night three, where he faces another one of his trainers, John Ryan. Now, this match again, just a normal match, right? They're wrestling, they're wrestling etc right but they end up fighting on the outside of the ring and john ryan just fucking clocks him with a frying pan <laughs> so match gets thrown out automatic disqualification crowds piss because this is like three minutes into the match right jimmy havoc then begs the ref to restart the match and to restart it as a no disqualification match which you know the owner's there He's listening to the crowd. The crowd wants it. So it's like, yeah, fuck it. No disqualification. And then <laughs> then ensues a bloodbath. Holy shit. If you just want hardcore wrestling, I would watch Jimmy Havoc versus John Ryan from night three. Crazy, crazy match. Um, like I said, frying pans, other cookware, kendo sticks, ironing boards, barbed wire boards. And a fucking staple gun. <laughs> Good God. They're like stapling rubber gloves to each other. They're stapling their dicks. It is absolutely gruesome to watch. But if you like that kind of... I mean, I like that kind of stuff. But if you're looking for the pure or the pure sport of wrestling, this might not be for you. But really entertaining stuff here. And even though this is kind of, kind of Jimmy Havoc's wheelhouse... He uh, ends up losing when he gets fucking packaged tombstone pile drivered into thumbtacks headfirst and then gets wheelbarrow suplexed onto a barbed wire board. How are you going to kick out of that? You don't. So John Ryan ends up beating Jimmy Havoc at night three, but the crowd still loves Jimmy Havoc. So he is, he once again reappears on night four in a more traditional match but a submission match against Noam Dar. Noam Dar, who wrestled, I think, on every one of these shows. So he's going to be a major player for sure. Uh, probably in the title picture, I'm assuming, in the future. But Noam Dar is a big focal point of these first four chapters of progress. And this comes to fruition when he faces Jimmy Havoc on night four in a submission match. Really good match here, too. Um, but Noam Dar, he is a submission guy. So he's able to lure Jimmy Havoc into his specialty and he's able to finally make Jimmy Havoc submit with his knee bar. Um, so Jimmy Havoc isn't winning, but the crowd is really getting behind them and he's probably one of the biggest stars they have at this point. So interesting stuff, a lot of ways they can go from there, but that is one of the big storylines that they got going on in these first four chapters, aside from the title picture, right? Um... So yeah, those are really the main storylines, but as far as matches, just pure matches, get out your notepads. I got a few that you're going to want to watch. From night two, some matches you're going to watch because these matches don't really play into any major storylines just yet, but they establish these guys. They establish these names and they show who's going to be a major focal point in the future through the winners and the losers. So get out your notepads. Here are some matches that if you want to get into progress wrestling and you want to see some good 
fucking wrestling. Watch these matches. From night two, Wild Boar, Mike Hitchman versus Mark Andrews. Again, two guys from NXT UK, two guys that haven't had a lot of single success there, but man, had an awesome, awesome match here. I did not expect the quality of match from these guys. I haven't seen a lot of Wild Boar outside of his tag team with Primate, so really good stuff there, even though Mark Andrews looks like Draco Malfoy, but I digress. So next match, the London Riots versus the Velocity Vipers douchey name but um the london riots i think are still around in progress at this point in 2020 so they are a major tag team um they're they're a major uh thread throughout all the chapters so this is a good introduction of what they are all about and they face the velocity vipers a tag team comprised of alex esmail and will osprey that's right, that Will Ospreay. Um, really interesting to see a young Osprey here as a part of a tag team, but his partner ends up getting injured in this match, which leads him to having some singles matches in the future chapters, which I'll get to in a second. Noam Dar versus Paul Robinson from Night 3. Like I said, Dar wrestled on all these matches. He's a major character there, so it's worth seeing him work here. But Paul Robinson is another guy that I had no idea about but ended up impressing me a lot. He was like, he is a, so Robinson has his kickboxing background, but he's also has this high flying style to him. He's almost, he's similar to Aleister Black in a lot of ways, um, but kind of a leaner, quicker version of him. Less, uh, less strong strikes and more technical kickboxing and high flying. So Paul Robinson's a guy I'm looking forward to seeing more of, really impressed me here in his match with Noam Dar and a few other matches he had on these shows. Another one from night three, Mark Andrews versus Xander Cooper. I already praised Xander Cooper a lot earlier in this episode. I think he has a lot of potential, and we all know how good Mark Andrews is. So they're able to, they were able to have a great match here for the BWC Scholarship Championship. Um, you will note that I'm not mentioning who's winning any of these matches because I want you guys to be able to enjoy them for what they are and not have to be bogged down with knowing who the winners are, right? So Mark Andrews versus Xander Cooper, another match to watch from night three. Next match, the London Riots versus the Hunter Brothers. This is probably the best tag team match that they had on these first four chapters. This is from night four. Um, The Hunter Brothers are kind of like a bootleg version of the Young Bucks, but they're still very entertaining, a really good tag team. And again, the London Riots... Probably the biggest tag team they have there as far as credibility goes. So another good match there. And then the last match I will mention is the first match of the Natural Progression Series, which is a single elimination tournament. And the winner of this tournament gets a progress championship match in the future. So the first match of this series, the first match of this series is Mark Andrews versus Will Ospreay. And this is from night four. And man, what a fucking match this was. It was a little short. It was probably like under 10 minutes. But you could tell these guys worked really well together. And I hope they have some sort of rematch, some longer rematch in the future. Because these guys worked really well together. Their styles meshed perfectly. And um, like I said, a young Will Ospreay was still really fucking good in the ring. And with a counterpart like Mark Andrews. It's just magic every time. So another good match there. So there's a few matches. If you guys just, if you're not interested in the storylines or following the whole narrative, you can watch those matches and still enjoy them for what they are. So yeah, man, that pretty much, that concludes the first year of progress, right? Because like I said, there's a few months in between these shows and it starts in March. So the first four chapters is 2012 for this company. So a lot of good stuff here, some silliness. Um, some not so good stuff, but for the most part, a lot of really good wrestling and characters are beginning to flesh out and storylines are beginning to build a foundation. And in the future, it's only up from here. So I look forward to continuing to watch these in the future. I'll probably do like one or two chapters at a time and do a little more in depth. Um, but here I just wanted to kind of get a kind of grasp the characters and grasp the atmosphere and what they were doing with everything. Because if I'm just going to 
I'm not just going to give you nameless guys and talk about them and think you're going to care because at the end of the day, this is designed to get people into progress and to, and to join this journey with me. And I hope you guys do because there is a lot of good stuff on these shows and I look forward to it. Uh, they have a website. They offer a two-week free trial for their, uh, their streaming and they have all their chapters up there. I'm sure you could find them online somewhere too if you really wanted to, but... So it's like seven bucks a month. So if you're willing to, you know, I know times are tough now, but if you're willing to put up that seven bucks a month to subscribe to progress, I think it is a valuable investment. So we'll continue to do these reviews. Really enjoy what they're putting out there. Um, Over the top wrestling. It's another company. I think it's based out of Ireland. They don't actually pop up until 2014. So basically what my plan is, I'm going to continue to watch progress until over the top wrestling starts. And once that starts, I'll kind of alternate in between the two. Um, kind of similar to what I do with TNA and ROH. I kind of alternate between the two. And because um, over the top wrestling, I've seen a few things they've done. And they seem to be a company that has a outstanding production value with their shows. As well as really good wrestlers. Because there's a lot of overlap between progress and over the top and in, in the entire UK. So... Look forward to watching that eventually. Look forward to continuing with prog- progressing with progress. <laughs> Anyways, um, thank you guys once again for listening. I appreciate the love and support you guys have been giving this show. Really growing at a rapid rate lately, and I love, love to see it. Um, make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you get every episode every Wednesday. Follow me at Apron Bump on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. I am hard.